So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Hoff and Pepper Hot Sauce. Handcrafted with farm-fresh jalapenos and habaneros, Hoff's original Hoff Sauce has gone on to win numerous awards and gain international recognition. Hoff and Pepper always strives to create sauces and seasonings that enhance flavors with balanced heat profiles. Every one of their handmade products is manufactured in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and is naturally vegan and gluten-free. Shop today at hoffandpepper.com, and when you enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, you'll save 10% off your purchase. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Credentials Required. It's powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And on with me is a guy who would like a treat more than a trick these days, Corey Mansfield. Corey, how are you doing tonight? (laughs) Doing great. Yes, definitely would like a treat more than a trick right at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the way uh the New York Jets have been playing lately. We won't get we won't get too much we won't get into that at all. But um Corey, what's your favorite Halloween candy? You know, I was gonna ask you that same question, Ryan. You know, if if I go up to a bowl of candy and they're all in there, mm-hmm. it, it there's there's two and they're very similar. Almond Joy or Mounds. Doesn't huh. matter. Sometimes I feel like an almond, sometimes I don't. So. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. I got yep. you there. All right, mine. Mine is a. Uh, it is and forever will be peanut butter cups. Doesn't matter if it's miniature. Doesn't matter if it's OG. Uh, peanut butter cups are they're my jam. They're my go to. You know, I, I've talked to a Hershey rep before, and that is the most popular Halloween candy. Um, but can you guess what the most popular non-chocolate Halloween candy is? I'm gonna say. Non-chocolate, huh? Smarties? Twizzlers. Understandable. Understandable. No, I, I dig it. <laughs> licorice, you know, licorice is a, it, it, it lasts a while, so definitely and I can I, understand why Twizzlers. And I hate Twizzlers, by the way, so. But I, like the pull apart, I like to pull apart Twizzlers, so. You don't really, I don't, you really, see, you don't really see them anymore. Yeah, and you know the other problem, Ryan, with Halloween candy is my son is suddenly a Almond Joy Mounds fan. Oh, it's a battle. (laughs) So, yeah. So, the other day, my wife had went to the store and got us a mixed bag, kind of like pre-Halloween candy purge type situation. And (laughs) when it was all said until there was Kit Kat, there was Almond Joy, there was Reese's, and there was Hershey bars. When it was all said and done, he picked his first, second, third, and obviously his fourth choice is still in there. So the Kit Kat, Almond Joys were gone, peanut butter cups were left, and eventually all that was left in the bowl for me was just a good old-fashioned 
Hershey bar. So mm. <laughs> sometimes you just, sometimes the, uh, the, the original is uh, sometimes it's all you need. Yep. All right. So we're going to get into some uh, sports and pop culture talk tonight. Uh, if you got a chance, if you get, if you get a chance to uh, take a listen to last week's episode, I had uh, coach Rob key for the Albany empire. Uh, we talked about his uh, playing and coaching career as an arena football player. Uh, it was a really good interview. I was about 45 minutes and, you know, if you like football or you just always want to know what it was like to get inside the life of a coach, take a good take a listen. You know, we love it. We really appreciate it. And if you leave us a review, that would be even better. Yeah, I was listening, listening to you talk about talk, talk to Coach Keith. It was very interesting to hear his backstory about how he got involved in Arena League. Uh, a lot of players very similar about open tryouts and, and, and getting a tryout. But it was really interesting to see how. You know, he had to work his way from AFL two to the uh, to the Arena League, but it was a great interview, Ryan. Really great job. Oh, thank you very much. I do appreciate the kind words. All right, so let's get into some college football. Uh, we're gonna, actually we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about college football. We're going to talk about the scariest dudes our teams are, are have faced uh, since it's Halloween coming up this weekend, and we're talking we're talking about our our five five favorite Halloween or horror movies, I guess you could say. So let's get into some college football, Corey. Uh, and I suspect that you're a little crestfallen that your uh, North Carolina uh, Tar Heels have uh, kind of slipped a little bit. They had a loss last week, last week against uh, oh, two weeks ago against Florida State, but they bounced back pretty quickly against uh, Virginia, NC State, NC State. Yeah, they bounced up. They bounced back pretty quick, but. But what's your impression? You know, the for me, my Big Ten is back. I love the Big Ten. I'm a big Penn State fan. Unfortunately, they were upset by by Indiana in overtime last week, so I was a little it was a little discouraging. But they got Penn State this week, and the Mountain West also returned last week. Uh, Corey, what's your impression? You know, what's uh, which games did you watch last weekend? And uh, what's your impressions of the season? You know, this this far, the game that I I. I sp- I had some stuff to do, so I was able to catch really one game, and that was the Ohio State-Nebraska game. Oof. And, I mean, the first drive of that game, it looked like it was going to be all Nebraska. I mean, they came down the field right away and just stuffed it right down Ohio State's throw and scored, and they scored a touchdown. And and you're sitting there saying, huh, is is this how it's going to be in this 2020 world we're living in? Is, is Ohio State suddenly going to get upset the first game of the year? And then Justin Fields took over. Yeah, the other shoe dropped. <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah, it was nice for you know Nebraska, who you know, uh, you know, they get that. It, it, once you give the ball back to uh, once you know Ohio State gets the ball, it's 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 gonna they're just gonna explode. I mean, they're a well balanced team. Surprisingly, their running game was actually pretty dip, pretty decent with uh, you know Dobbins having you know gone to the NFL. Uh, whenever you have Fields, you know, a Heisman type quarterback, you're always going to, you know, be in it. But what was more surprising for me was how Nebraska played and how Nebraska's culture has changed in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott Frost came into that program having, you know, taken UCF to quote unquote a national championship. And he goes to Nebraska and, you know, everybody knew it was going to be an uphill battle for him there because of the struggles they've had over the last, you know, couple decades. And that team just, they, there's some talent there, but they just didn't, once they got down, it was like they folded. And, right. you know, and I, what I was shocked about, Nebraska is just one of those schools that, 
you root for. You want to see them be relevant again. I like when the traditional teams are relevant. I like when Michigan's in it, Ohio State's in it, Notre Dame is in it, Miami's in it. Those are traditional powerhouses. I wish were in it. And they just, it's very sad to see how far Nebraska is. I mean, they got what was a 52, I think, Ohio State put up on them. Yeah, and it then, was tied. At, it was tied at fourteen at one point, and then Ohio State went a went on a thirty eight to three run from the second quarter on. <laughs> so, so it was it was it got ugly towards the end. So I mean, and and you think about you know the upset on the other side, Indiana beating your Penn State Nittany Lions. I mean, yeah. in, in, you know, a questionable call at the end, but again, you can't you know you really can't fault Indiana. They came back. And they they went for the win and they got it. And, you know, to be completely honest with me, an experienced team, you know, like Penn State, you know, you know, in that situation, you know, I don't think they've ever really I mean, nobody's been in that situation this year. It was the first game of the year. But that's a that's a ballsy call right out of the gate to just, hey, we're going to go for the win. When are you going to be yeah. in this chance to, to to upset the number? I think what were they number six team in the country? Yeah, they were number they were number eight. Yeah. And in and, and so. You know, you look at that game this week, you know, for Penn State, if Ohio State beats them and beats them soundly, they're they're done. They're going to be playing in the taxslayer.com bowl and I don't even know where that is, but they're they're not going to be in a big bowl game. I mean, they're going to be done. Well, the rules have changed this year considering all covid um they the NCAA has said they don't they don't need a minimum requirement of wins but it's going to go according to uh, i guess grade point average which is kind of strange so expect a lot of expect a lot of passing of of, of grades uh <laughs> going in yeah and Penn State fell from 6th to 18th or I'm sorry 8th to 18th after that lost it's going to be a, I think I think Penn State's going to play them tough but they lost Journey Brown. They lost uh, Noah Kane in that game against Indiana. He's out. He's actually out for the season. And Micah Parsons, he's he's an op- he opted out of the season because of COVID. So their three best players are gone. Uh, and right now, it's gonna they're gonna have to rely on the arm of Sean Clifford, and uh, they're gonna have to some have some somebody step up in the defense to to start making plays. So you know, it's a little worrisome on my on my side. You know, and if another loss could drop them out of the top twenty five. But it, you don't it, with the COVID thing. You don't you really have a preseason. You don't have a really have a preseason in college football. You just have scrimmages and practices, and practices have been limited. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens on Saturday with against Ohio State. Uh, Penn State Liberty has Liberty entered the top twenty five yet? By the way, not yet. They received eighty five votes. Basically, the twenty seventh ranked team in the nation, uh, according to the AP poll. And they received one hundred and twelve in the coaches poll. Uh, so they're almost there. They they're about they're probably good another win away from entering the top twenty five, depending on how the other how the how the bottom five rank. I mean, right, I mean, Boise State just got into the top twenty five this week because they they won, but it's Boise State. So then and, and uh, Iowa State dropped a couple. You know, they dropped because they lost, but Oklahoma State entered reentered the and actually Indiana's ranked number seventeen in the nation now because they because they beat Penn State. They were unranked so. Does so, Iowa State have three losses? Iowa State is two losses. You know, they're the best, probably the best two-loss team in the country. I watched them play a little bit the other day. They're a good team. Yeah, they and, played they played Oklahoma State tough on and Sunday, I mean, that Saturday. I mean, they have a great quarterback in Purdy. And then um they're Shovel running back. Is running back, yeah. 
No, I'm talking about Iowa State. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And then they're running back. Uh, Brees is it Brees Lee or Brees? Um, forgot his name. But he's a. He, I mean, he busted off some big runs in that game. I mean, they're a dangerous team. I mean, yeah, they've got two losses, but they're one of those teams that gets down to the schedule and you get later in the season and you can knock off some big boys. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but you know they're a good team. And and I was I actually like watching them play. I like how they mix it up too. And that At running back is Brees Hall. Brees Hall, you're yep. referring to. Um, yeah, Iowa State schedule. They they play they uh, they play Kansas this week. It'll be a win because Kansas is terrible this year. They got a makeup game against Baylor. Then they play at Kansas State, who is ranked 16th. Then they're at Texas, and they're they wrap up at home against West Virginia. So you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's going to be a, a rematch of that game of Ohio State. I'm sorry, it's not Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State in the Big 12 championship. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, to, to be honest with you, it, it 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 you you look at Oklahoma's having a down year. Texas is having a down year. So this is it, out of all the years for Oklahoma State to make a run at this thing. This is the year. And don't look now, but the screaming Mormons of Brigham Young University—they're eleventh. They're number eleven in the country. They're six and zero. Their quarterback. Here come the, here come the screaming Mormons. <laughs> their quarterback is a legit. He he's a player. Yeah. Some of his throws that I was watching on some of the highlights the other day. You're talking NFL throws. I mean, he, he's just – he's a great quarterback. And, you know, people forget about BYU, which has a very long history of some great quarterbacks and a great football program. Yeah, it's uh, – they're, they're a decent team. They got <laughs> – take a guess at how many quarterbacks they have on the roster – BYU has on the roster. Five. Seven. Seven. They have seven quarterbacks on their roster. Now, I don't know if it's because they're allowed to have seven quarterbacks in their roster or if it's just they just have a glut of talent there. I mean, a lot of their kids are, um, you know, they come back for a mission after two years and they come and they come play football and they're, you know, you're, you're playing against a team that's that's full of 20, 22 and 23 year olds and they're both and they're still juniors. So, so, but you now BYU's the rest of their schedule, they, they actually have a big game coming up in two weeks. They play Boise State. At Boise State, that's a three forty-five game in two and a week. Actually, no, so it's a week from Saturday. Smurf turf, on Smurf turf. Yep. And speaking of Smurf turf, uh, I have a new team crush, Coastal Carolina, with their teal or tealed or their surf the turf. The Chanticleers, the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. They're five and zero. Oh, they are making their way up the rankings. Two thousand fourteen baseball national champions, I think. Yes, yes, you are correct. You are correct, and they got uh, they could they could win the Sun Belt. They just got to they just got beat. Actually, you know what? You know what's interesting? The last game of the season for Coastal Carolina. Guess who they play? Liberty. <laughs> wow, that's a must. That that well, I'll have to. That'll probably be on like ESPN the Ocho or something. Yeah, it'll definitely be an ESPN game. I, I know the Sun Belt has a has a contract with the with the ESPN to show their games, but yeah, it could be it could be a battle of the unbeaten's in. At the end of next month, uh, in, on, on uh, December fifth, between uh, Liberty and Coastal Carolina. All right, so we're going to transition into uh, with the Halloween holiday coming up. The scariest dudes our team has has faced, and Corey came up with this. With this, uh, I give credit, full credit to him. He came up with the idea for this. Uh, premise, basically, the premise for this podcast being the scary dudes in the top five Halloween movies. So, Corey, you know your fandom is. 
Jets, Mets, Islanders, North Carolina football. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some? Who are some of the teams that teams or 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 even even just guys uh, who who seen play? They, they kind of strike fear into your heart a little bit when you see them play against your team. Well, I think we both can agree on Tom Brady. Oh, um, oh yeah. Obviously, you know, you're a Jets fan. I mean, there was many games earlier in his career and even midway through his career where, hey, this is going to be the week the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. This is the week that, you know, and there was a lot. I remember, I think it was like 2005, there was a huge game the Jets had against the Patriots. And Tom Brady, when he just gets the ball, I mean, you're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. And when he's in your division for 20 years, that's going to scare you twice a year. You got to go against this guy, and and he he gets that. And you, Ryan, you know. I mean, you have your you know the Jets podcast. This guy gets the ball. It doesn't matter how much time's on the clock. It doesn't matter at what point in the game it is. He's going to score. He's going to take his team down the field, and he's going to score. And he loved picking on the Jets. It mm-hmm. was like. It, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. It was like the and 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 you look at the coaches that went the Jets had that couldn't stop Tom Brady. How yeah. many came through there? It was ridiculous. I mean, he just struck fear in every Jets fan, and we were happy when he left the division. So, not that it matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me as a Jets fan, you know, I'm thinking back to my my days as an early fan, Jim Kelly. Um, not so much, you know, he's, he, you know, when those Bills teams in the, in the early nineties that went to four straight Super Bowls, my, I have an older brother who I have two older brothers, one's a Giants fan and one's a Bills fan. Every time the Bills would play the Jets, uh, it, part of it would be just having to live with him gloating over the fact that his team beat the Jets again and me being sad and not, you know, just being a sad Jets fan, but. That continues no, almost 30 years later. <laughs> um, another team, I mean, they aren't, they weren't a division rival, but I think you could you agree that 1985 Chicago Bears defense is another one of those teams that, that they were scary. Yeah. Yeah. They were a mean, mean team. I mean, Michael Singletary was one of the meanest guys in the NFL. Yeah. So it's Steve McMichael, too. He's a little bit, he was a little bit crazy. And you know, Richard Dent, and he had, um, the fridge, Gary, Gary Fensick, the fridge, uh, Otis Wilson. I mean, those guys would knock. They would go through at least two or two. They would go at least two, at least two quarterbacks every single game. And it really was a reflection of their coach too. Mike Dicka was just a hard nose. I mean, he was a tight end, but hard nose football player. And he took, he brought that. That's what he brought to that team. Yeah, blue collar yeah. dude and from yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, the other player, and we'll turn to some basketball. Who who really scared me was. Um, Obviously, another goat uh, as being a Knicks fan was Michael Jordan. Hmm. I mean, again, <laughs> how many times did the Knicks lose to the Bulls in the playoffs? And I think the only year that the Knicks actually beat the Bulls, I believe Michael Jordan wasn't on the team. No, it was think- ninety. It was nineteen ninety four. That was the year. That was the year he he stayed out yeah. because uh, because his because uh, he wanted to play baseball. But yeah, that was the only year that they beat they beat the Bulls. The in the playoffs was when he wasn't on the team. I mean, you're talking about when when the seedings would come out, when the Knicks would make the playoffs, you'd look down and you'd say, if they win the first round, are they playing the Bulls or are they playing the Bulls in the first round? And every time you'd see that, 
you would just be like, oh, Jordan. And the thing about Michael Jordan, and, and I don't want to get in the huge debate about LeBron, who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan. No, we're putting a moratorium on that. <laughs> yeah, but Michael Jordan made everybody around him better. Right. And you, he, he just, the Knicks just could not stop him. I mean, and you know, you look at all those times that Spike Lee was arguing with him. It was just great. And everybody, he just scared you. He just, yeah. it, it, I mean, Michael Jordan was one of those players who could reinvent himself. I mean, here's a guy who could drive the lane, dunk. He could kick a pass out to Paxton or to Kerr in his later years. It hit a three. Um, but then at his later in his career, he he was an outside shooter too. I mean, he was just dangerous everywhere, and he just scared you. You just like, I don't want to play this guy in the playoffs because we're done. We we play the Bulls, we're done, and we knew yeah. it. Knicks knew it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And for I'm going to take let me say the last one here. As a New Jersey Devils fan, a guy who I got a little bit of a fright playing playing every so often was Mar was not Wayne Gretzky, he, even though he called the New Jersey Devils a, uh, a Mickey Mouse franchise. Back in the day, but the one guy who kind of struck fear in the heart in in, in the heart of Devils fans was Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux, because we you didn't have to face Wayne Gretzky six, seven, eight times a year, and some and in the playoffs, the Devils did though with Mario Lemieux because Mario Lemieux, they were in the same division, the Adams, the Patrick Division slash uh, Atlantic Division, and when he came on the ice and he was against the Devils, he he, he was going to score a couple points. Whether it be a couple of goals, or he'll score, or he'll throw an assist to Yarmir Yager or Ron Francis's way, or or Mark Recchi's way. F- facing Marlon Lemieux was for for the Devils for a long time a nightmare, and he was the I think he's one of the only NHL players and one of the only uh, skaters in NHL history who have in a single game an even strength goal, a power play goal, a shorthanded goal. And an empty net goal, all in the same game, and he did it against the Devils. That's how I know. <laughs> the the Islanders, you know, I, I look back at Lemieux, and he was definitely a great player and a scary player. And when the Islanders played him in 1993, I was like, oh, well, the Islanders are done. They can't beat the Penguins. They're just loaded. And then the Islanders introduced the national. They introduced Darius Kasparaitis to the national stage by having him basically thuggery. Uh, Mario Lemieux, that out Mario Lemieux, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just was after him the whole ever the whole series, and uh, uh, the Islanders upset the Penguins, and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not. It's kind of that kid who, you know, eventually says, oh, I, uh, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not scared of the boogeyman anymore. Uh, that was kind of how I felt about Lemieux when we beat him in '93. I'm not scared of Lemieux anymore, um, but uh, definitely a great player, and he scared a lot of teams. Won a couple cups, so yep. Yeah, I mean, those are the scary guys we thought of when, because again, it's Halloween, and figure go for the, go with a the theme, and we'll go to our last theme in pop culture corner, and that's going to be our top five Halloween movies, or you know, it could be any. I, I think it could be pretty much any genre, Corey. Correct? Horror, whether it be horror or comedy, or just kind of anything involving super the supernatural. Am I, am I suspect? Am I, am I right in that presumption? Yeah, I mean, Halloween, the genre is, is definitely goes over a broad scope of movies and, and genres. So, okay. All right. So I'll have you kick it off, kick off the uh, segment with your top five, top five um, Halloween movies. So hold on a second, Ryan. You want to, let's, let's start with you real quick. I want to hear what All you, right. I always start. Let's start with you. All right. Well, oh, I see you turn the, t- I, I, oh, my, how the, uh, how the turntables. Um, so <laughs> my number five. And so, you know, this might surprise you, Corey. My number five is Monster Squad. 
don't know if you remember that movie from the eighties where you had basically. I, I, have these it kids on my, had, I have it on my. I have it on my my uh, on my TV stand right now. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, I remember it was probably one of the first PG thirteen movies I ever watched uh, without my parents. <laughs> um, so and you had that classic line where they where they run into the Wolfman and they say kick him in the nards and. It's like no Wolfman don't have nards. He kicks him in. It's like oh Wolfman, Wolfman's got nards. All right, so number five, Monster Squad. Number four, Shaun of the Dead, with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's uh, I mean, it's not just horror, but it's also comedy. And I, I mean, this it's, it's part of the uh, Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Uh, part of that trilogy made by those guys. Number three, Clue. Watched it the other day. Yes. And such a great movie. It's 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 campy. It's based on a board game, but it's also it's also a cult classic. I mean, you you can talk to you can say to anyone who's like who who you know have watched the movie, has watched this movie, and they're like, yes, absolutely. That's a great movie. Number two, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, the, the original Ghostbusters, not the not the one that was made a couple of years ago with. Uh, you scared me there. For a and, no, no, OG OG Ghostbusters with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, may he rest in peace, and Ernie Hudson. That movie, because again, it, with with horror movies or some sort of supernatural movies, you need a little bit of the humor aspect. And my number one Halloween movie, The Crow, with Jason Lee. Really. Yes, because because you know the the story of the crow, you know, in the movie, it takes place. A lot of the stuff that happens during the movie takes place on Hell Night, Hell Night, which is mm. Halloween in Detroit. That's my top five. So, Corey, me, I'm interested to see what yours are. Let me go back to Monster Squad real quick. So, okay, <laughs> uh, let's say 1987. So we had, I don't know if you remember back in the day, but HBO used to do a free preview. Do you remember that? Yeah, they have a free preview weekend where you like from Friday to Sunday. So. Monster Squad was on free preview. So nice. my my parents didn't know this. So we're talking 1987, 88, because Monster Squad, I think, came out in 86. Yeah. Uh, I would sneak downstairs and watch Monster Squad. <laughs> nice. And for the longest time, I tried to find it because obviously, you know, we went through the 90s. There wasn't, you know, Netflix or, you know, Google or whatever. We no, just buy it blockbuster video. It was Blockbuster Video. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they had one copy and it was always out or they might not even have any copies. No. But uh, great movie. It's actually not on my list. None of yours are on my list or, or none of you, you know, vice versa. Okay. So, I have a little bit of a mix. I am not copying Freeform's 31 Nights of Chris, or, uh, Halloween, even though <laughs> I haven't watching that pretty religiously uh, lately. So um, one movie I am going to give an honorable mention to is a Gene Wilder movie, very similar to Clue, um, called Haunted Honeymoon. I don't know if you remember okay. that. Yeah, I do Gil- remember that, yeah. Gil Radner, uh, Gene Wilder, great movie. I actually have it downstairs. I haven't watched it in a while, but love that movie. Um Great movie. So number five, um, and is uh, Sleepy Hollow uh, mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. Now bear in mind that this movie isn't very; uh, it's not close to the book. It's very different from the book. Right. the 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 Washington Irving book is actually uh, more like the 1949 Disney cartoon with Bing Crosby. Which I actually watched today, but I love that. I love Sleepy Hollow. Great movie. Just puts you in that festive mood. 
Um, number four is actually another Christina Ricci movie. Hey, Christina Ricci, put her in a movie. It's uh, a winner. <laughs> um, if, if I have a team crush, my girl crush is obviously Christina Ricci. Uh, so um, it's the Adams Family movies from the yep. 90s. Both Adams of Family. I mean, great movies. I mean, great movies. just put you in that 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 Halloween type of feeling. And if you really wanted to make the case that Adam's Family Values could be a Thanksgiving movie because they do make a lot of references towards the end when they do that play about the first Thanksgiving. So yeah, uh, could be a Halloween and Thanksgiving movie. Uh, we're gonna go to number three, which is in a Tim Burton movie. I think this might shock you a little bit, and I actually didn't really like it until about four or five years ago, which is The Corpse Bride. Okay. Uh, great movie, great animation. Um, just kind of puts you in that vibe. Got some cool songs in it. You know, it's a great story. and it, It's not too scary, but it kind of scares you a little bit, and it's more of a thinking type thing. Um, number two is Halloween. The original Halloween. Michael Myers, Jared, yeah. Michael Myers. You put that on. If you take any kid – they're not saying a kid like, you know, uh, if you put any 13, 14-year-old kid now and you say you're going to watch this movie, I guarantee they're going to be scared. It's a scary movie. <laughs> anyway, you shake it. Um, and obviously the name Halloween. I mean, it's just a feeling. You can almost – if you put your window open on, you know, in the fall and you watch that movie that you could hear the breeze, it's going to creep you out. And by the way, last year, Lauren, I went for a walk in my neighborhood. It was dark out. I had a Spotify mix on. That song actually came on, and I was walking <laughs> in the dark, and I walked really fast. I looked behind me about a million times, but it was pretty scary. <laughs> the number one movie, and this is going to go way back, the original Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Okay. My huh. favorite. You have a lot of classics. I actually have the Funko uh, that was limited edition to Walgreens right above me right now on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just – I watched it with my son the other day. He watched a good majority of it. It's slow. But um, the reason why I say it's the best Halloween movie of all time, and they don't show it on TV a lot during this time. It's actually on uh, Peacock right now, NBC, because they own Universal. Yep. Um, just the atmosphere. But think about this. You're 1930s. You're going to a movie. Movies are still relatively new. This is pushing the line of this is the scary stuff, and you're this, this guy who's going into people's bedrooms and he looks creepy. You're getting scared. I mean, I still get scared uh, watching it. I mean, it gives me nightmares. Just the whole Bella Lugosi. And one interesting fact about Bella Lugosi, he was actually buried with his Dracula cape on. Huh. So uh, those are my five. I mean. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you like you. There's just so many movies you could really put on. I mean, yeah, uh, Beetlejuice, Blair Witch Project, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, there's a lot of things you could think. There's a lot of movies you could think of. You know, one, one. It's not a movie, but coming up on thir- uh, uh, Friday, excuse me, is the 82nd anniversary of the War of the Worlds 1938 radio drama by from Orson from uh, narrated by Orson Welles. That almost caught that. That was going to cause hysteria. That, that was caused hysteria. <laughs> yeah, that was. You're talking about pushing the the boundaries of of uh, cinema. I mean, not cinema. Um, radio, which oh, was radio, yeah, just crazy. I mean, people thought that it was the end of the world 
They thought yeah. it was like they thought it was an actual alien invasion because because they would play the orchestra music and all of a sudden you get this interruption right before right before it goes to news and you think it's an actual news broadcast. Ryan, did you get to check out the uh, the new Adam Sandler movie Hubie Halloween? Did you get a chance to check that out? No, I haven't checked it out yet. It was it was a very it had a good cameo in the beginning. If you get a chance, a very good cameo from another one of his movies. But overall, I didn't not a fan. Kind of, kind of at the end, kind of left you scratching your head, and you're like, okay, I just spent an hour and forty five minutes watching the typical Adam Sandler movie. It wasn't anything great. Well, he was the voice of Dracula in Hotel Transylvania, right? Yep, all three of them. Which again, free forms playing all those. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at some of these people, like Sandler, who was in a few Halloween movies. Christina Ricci, who was in some Halloween movies. Johnny Depp was in some Halloween movies. You know, who was like the like the big, you know, Halloween person who was in the, you know, all these movies? Like who's the Halloween king or queen? Um it's, it's very interesting to think about who that would be if you were yeah, gonna we, say like, we have to throw out that question up on social media, that's for sure. On our on our Facebook and Twitter page. So all right, so Corey, let's just talk, talk about the World Series briefly. Have you been watching it at all? Not really. Not um, really? Okay. Yeah, Did you watch that I, game for walk-off? No, but I watched the highlights of it. it. You know, the thing about baseball right now is I think their ratings are down, I believe, significantly. every All sports ratings are down right now, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know – I think that I don't know what the score is right now. If the game has even started yet, uh, first pitch went up at eight oh eight. So yeah, I think they're I think they're scoreless right now um, as we record. You know the the you know I, I think the Dodgers are going to seal the deal. They're just too good right now and end it. And then let's move along with uh, uh, the off season because right now the only thing on the docket is pretty much going to be NFL and college football. Yeah, and um, don't for, and don't forget. Major League Baseball's got a CBA to think about too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, and actually the Rays uh, are up one nothing. Aros Arena, twenty eight hits in the postseason. He's got ten home runs from the on the Rays. That's ridiculous. But you have the expanded playoff too, actually, which I know, which I know, Corey, you're not a big fan of. So no, no. So so uh, so yeah. I mean. By the time this is over, we'll have a new World Series champion. It could be it could be Los Angeles or the, the Dodgers get their first World Series since 1988, or it could be Tampa Bay's first World Series championship ever. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be we'll see. It'll be be interesting. Yeah. Yep. So definitely be watching that afterwards. So all right. So I think it's gonna. I think it's about time we wrap things up here on no credentials required. As I mentioned before, as I mentioned before, about a minute or two ago, we have social media pages. Uh, on Twitter, it's at NoCredsReq, and on Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. So check out our, our pages there. Uh, you can also check out our podcast at BellyUpSports.com. Go to the podcast page, and you can find yourself in a numerous amount of podcasts. We're actually adding more as we as we go along here. So one spotlight I want to I want to focus on is Craft Brewed Sports. Weekly Drunken Sports Takes on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Periscope, presented by Belly Up Sports. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, it's just a bunch of dudes who are who drink beer, they talk sports, and they. Uh, I listened. I listened to a podcast uh, last week. It went. It got. It got pretty silly. <laughs> Let's put it this way. So, you know, we got some pretty. 
pretty cool things coming down the road with Belly Up Sports uh, in terms of sponsorships. You may have heard a bumper at the beginning where we talked about uh, a little bit of hot sauce, but we got more sponsors on the way too. And we got some more podcasts on the way. So come join us, bellyupsports.com. And uh, Corey, any last, any last words before we sign off? Have a happy Halloween and be safe. Yep, absolutely. And a happy All Saints Day to you too as well. So that'll wrap things up tonight for No Credentials Required. Again, for Corey Mansfield, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you in the media booth. Intro and outro music is On The Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. It's planting season. That means it's the perfect time to add Proven Winners Roses to your yard. Colorful, long-blooming, and so simple to grow, look for award-winning Proven Winners Roses in the white containers at your local garden center. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... (laughs) You'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... Some things never change, like nobody can resist (laughs) popping plastic bubbles and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. (laughs) 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.